This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to the show. Uh, it's a sort of special episode of Moose Talks because we have only one guest here today, but there is lots to talk about. Of course, it is the Kettle Campaign season over at the Fort St. John Salvation Army. That is underway as of, I believe, earlier this week or uh, late last week. So we'll, of course, be talking a bit about that. Uh, the new supportive housing complex opened up recently that uh, has been in the works for some time. And, of course, the food bank in the news lots lately because more people are using it. Uh, the dollars donated don't go as far as they used to as well. So to talk about all that and more, we're very grateful to be joined now by the executive director of the Fort St. John Salvation Army, Jared Braun. Jared, welcome back to Moose Talks. Morning, Dub. It's good to be here. Thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes to talk with us. Let's start with the supportive housing uh, units. Um, this is a big project that uh, came together very quickly. It went up very quickly. Some delays that kind of pushed it back a bit, but uh, you managed to get it open. Uh, first of all, how does that feel and, and how great must it feel to, to finally see people moving into them? Yeah, well, it's uh, a bit of back and forth. So it's really exciting to get the, the building open and the building officially under our operation uh, and to be able to host a, a, a wonderful grand opening event with a number of community leaders uh, that have been standing with us and supporting us through this project. Uh, so that, you know, feels like a relief. That is a big step. It, as you know, we uh, were delayed with uh, hydro and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but really from... from uh, you know, when it started construction was last November to November. It's about a one-year span to get the building up. It's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, the building is ours, but the next challenge is for us to um, get all the staff in place and to get really functional. So we're technically not um, having tenants move in yet. Uh, oh, we're calling okay. it a Christmas miracle if we can because we still have an, a lot of work ahead of us. This is really the big crunch time right now. Oh, okay. I, I apologize for misunderstanding that. So... Staff, is that really the big hurdle at the moment? You just you can't find the people to fill positions in order to allow people to start moving well, in? Well, we started to get some applicants for sure, but it didn't really make sense for us to start bringing staff in until the building was ours to operate. I see. Okay. And so we're actively recruiting and uh, hoping to do a lot of interviews in the next few weeks um, mm-hmm. and continue to roll out different positions. Uh, so it is an exciting time as we're going to be adding over 20 new staff uh, to, to our team just for the operations there. And, and uh, of course, we we'll always put the invite out to people in Fort St. John looking for a really meaningful career to think about coming and joining our team uh, where you really get to give back to the community and, and build yourself as a person as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, uh, do staff members who work in, in, in that capacity, does it require some sort of education or certification or is there lots of on-the-job training that even if you're, you know, you haven't worked in this before or, or you don't have a special you know, diploma or, or schooling, whatever it happens to be, that that's something they could do. Yeah, it depends what the, the roles are. So a lot of the um, uh, front-facing roles, caseworkers, supervisors, we're looking for social work uh, sure. degrees and so on that um, have that experience and that background. Um, but we have a lot of other roles um, 
cooks, custodians, maintenance, uh, program assistants. There's a lot of hospitality and service in what we do. And so people that have that type of experience in retail and hospitality and business administration, uh, they're great candidates. And, and as well, we've had people that have stepped into some of those types of roles. And then over the time, yeah, learned how to uh, serve in the social service sector and work themselves all the way up to supervisor positions. So we do a lot of leadership development as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be honest, I didn't realize that was uh, that was also happening. So, I mean, given that that's also been a big story in the last year is there's there's no workers in Fort St. John. Everybody has a job, low, low, low unemployment, sometimes unmeasurably low. How concerned are you about that and finding people who, when there's nobody really looking for work here, you're going to have to cast a wide net and, and people are going to have to move here to fill those positions? Yeah, it definitely is a concern and, and it has been a struggle uh, even in our current operations at the Northern Centre of Hope with our shelter. We've been struggling with uh, day staff. Um, a lot of our, our staff are doing double duty in different areas. Um, but at the same time, the, some of the opportunities we have are unique in that they're part-time and so they can complement uh, other part-time roles. Uh, we get a lot of people, if they're moving into town and, and one spouse is working a full-time job somewhere and they're just looking for part-time work, they can do a night shift with us. Uh, so there's some unique kind of flexible options that, uh, that might be more appealing in mm-hmm. what we're doing. Uh, and we continue to put out, too, that you know, people might think of the Salvation Army and, and primarily with volunteer base, which we do have a, a wonderful volunteer base. But we're also a significant employer and mm-hmm. we seek to pay competitive wage. Um, proud to say this last year, we're able to get um, all of our employees bumped up in different wages. So we no longer have any minimum wage employees, uh, which I, th- I feel proud of as a nonprofit, that we can still be making sure people are, are earning in a way that they can live in the economy we are right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I also wanted to discuss kind of uh, where the supportive housing fits in and sort of the larger we're helping people kind of narrative, because, of course, you have, uh, you know, the shelter and, and that sort of thing under your operation. So when it does open, how does it fit into, you know, helping a person who maybe is experiencing homelessness or, or, or whatever the case may be to kind of help them get a leg up on life, as it were, to get them back on the right track, perhaps, as, as part of it? How does this fit in? Yeah, well, if you think about it, for any of us, what helps us to um, be refreshed and rejuvenated and and enter into our lives effectively, it's having home, having Mm -hmm. a place of security and stability where we can go cook our own meals, sit down, kick our feet up, have a bed to sleep on. And supportive housing is going to offer that to people who've been in a, a really displaced uh, state of, of affairs in their lives. Um, our shelter, you know, as, as many are aware, is at capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, you know, mid to high 40s, up to 50 people in a shelter every night. It's not a, the best place to be where you're sharing a space with multiple people, uh, one bathroom, you know, a lot of coming and going. And so the supportive housing is going to offer a space where people can come and have their own home. They're independent suites, 42 independent suites, and uh, they'll be able to get access to their room. They can have uh, their own meals, their own washroom. And so what that's really going to make a difference is then they're going to be able to access the services and supports that they need to overcome some of the challenges in their lives where right now in the chaotic state they are, uh, it's just survival mode. Mm -hmm. Is there... uh, going to be like a time limit on how long people can stay because i i suppose sort of the ultimate goal is they're able to move out and be independent and and have their own sort of income and at the, and able to afford their own place eventually correct well the unique thing with supportive housing is it doesn't have an end time okay and so that's what's new in relation to the other housing options that we offer so we have you know emergency shelters meant to be temporary and then we have 
two transitional programs in our Northern Center of Hope right now. This supportive housing program, um, there won't be a cutoff time. And so there's not that worry for people that if this is meant to be their home for a long time, it can be. Okay. It can also act as a springboard into something else. Um, but it gives them that sense of security that I, I won't have to you know move on or go looking for something else because a lot of the people we'll be serving, there's no other housing options for them in the community. They simply can't afford the rent that's out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is going to give them that space um, that suits where they're at in life. Okay. I wanted to ask you about this, um, something that kept popping up on Facebook. I, I've seen it less recently, but there was certainly a couple months there where we were seeing posts that felt like every other day in local groups about uh, an increase or a perceived increase, I should see, in the number of people experiencing homelessness coming to Fort St. John. And even, may I say, being bussed here from other jurisdictions was a lot of the rumors about this. Um, they seem to be just rumors, but I mean, you're on the front line with many other, uh, you know, nonprofits in this, uh, you know, this locate uh, this community, working with people like this. Can you comment on that rumor situation? Is there any sort of factual basis to it that you've seen? No, it is simply a rumor. Uh, there are not uh, homeless people being bused to Fort St. John. That's simply not happening. Uh, yes, I think people are recognizing that there's an increase of people that are homeless or struggling and they they see manifested out on on the streets and so on. Um, Yes, that's true. There's a number of contributing factors to that outside Mm -hmm. of people being bussed in. Uh, Most of the people that we're serving are either local or have connections to the local area. Uh, Yeah, it's a transient community, uh, but usually if they are moving from community to community, they're moving on their own. They're hitchhiking, they're catching rides with friends or family and so on. Um, and it's interesting, this rumor actually is pervasive across the province. Uh, yeah. Most communities, our size, a little bit smaller, definitely bigger, have that same rumor. And even in Vancouver, the rumor is that people are being bussed from the other side of Canada. I think what it is, is people, uh, you know, it's uncomfortable to see homeless people and feel like this can't be happening in my community. This, mm-hmm. I, I've grown up here. I've lived here. Uh, you know, this is not my Fort St. John. And yet we've all gone through a really challenging season. The world is a different place right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, those that are, are homeless, those that are accessing the food bank for the first time um, are people that probably never would have thought they would before. But because of mental health and addiction and the economic factors, uh, we're seeing that um, uh, play out and uh, it's it's really tough because we have people that you know probably two three five years ago would have never thought that they would be living in a shelter or living in transitional housing and uh, yeah that's that's our job is to be there to meet these people and and welcome them give them a place of support and care no matter what's going on in their lives mm-hmm. are you concerned that uh, it it shows it, that it, it may demonstrate a lack of empathy among some people in our community that this is sort of an easy catch-all, let's blame all these other problems on the fact that there might be a few more homeless people in town because of the conditions that you sort of laid out there. Does does that concern you, or is it, as you say, we're all living in sort of a new world, as it were, and this is going to be part of it until, well, things change, I suppose. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we all have our lens that we look through, right? And and for someone who's got a job and who's able to support, uh, you know, a household and, can, you know, they're contributing into the community, they're participating in different things to see someone who maybe is not at that same place. It's like, why, why are you not, you know, doing what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it challenges us to have, you know, to stretch our empathy um, because I think a lot of us can't imagine what it's like to be in a situation where you're just trying to survive mm-hmm. day by day. And even in a community like ours, that is a wonderful community, has amazing opportunities. Uh, the reality is there will always be those that are struggling, that have challenges. The resources, as we know, can be limited when it comes to um, health care and, and the services. And so uh, many of us who operate in the social service sector are stretched and are strained. Um, but we do it because we believe that these people matter and, and that change can happen. I, I mean, um, you know, I'm encouraged to to know that, you know, we've had people that have come through our service who two years ago were living in a tent in Charlie Lake. And uh, now because they're able to live in our transitional housing, they're able to deal with some legal affairs, deal with tax problems that they've had, and uh, we're able to get back to the gym, start working out, get their health back. And put a resume out and get work and now come back to us and say, hey, you guys helped save my life. Mm-hmm. And, and it shows us that um, it's, it's possible, it happens, it works um, because of, of our staff and our team and, and the su- support of the community behind us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you just mentioned it, sort of the strain on the staff, given that you're busier than ever and there's you know, more people accessing your services. Um, how's that been for a challenge? Is, is that been something really hard to overcome for you and your staff that you're working harder, that there's more people using it, that there might be more people frustrated with the situation that they can't as easily access things because there's just more people in dealing. How's that been in, in sort of, uh, you know, seeing that play out and, and, and dealing with it? It's definitely a challenge. You know, there's, um, there's days where we sit together as a leadership team and, uh, we're, we're discouraged, you know, because we were pulled in so many different directions um, and feeling the weight of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I believe so strongly, you know, in our team and what, they, uh, what they're committed to. Um, you know, every single one of them believes in the mission of, of what we're doing. And, uh, and when we see, uh, like, uh, an event like this last week where we had grocery store managers host them and for them to come and, and say, hey, you know, we're so excited to be a part of what you're doing, um, you know, to know the Huskies doing their uh, fill the bus event yeah. coming up, you know, these fundraising events shows us the community is standing with us and that we, we're not walking in this alone uh, really, you know, helps boost us and inspire us to keep moving forward. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Jared. Um, uh, But yeah, we'll be right back to talk more about the Salvation Army, the food bank, and of course, the kettle campaign on now. Uh, More on that uh, just after this on on Moose Talks. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. We're sitting down with Jared Braun, the Executive Director of the Salvation Army here in Fort St. John. Thanks again for being here, Jared. We appreciate it. Let's talk about the food bank. Um, again, a busy year. You've, you've already mentioned uh, like 200 more people were accessing the services of the food bank uh, than you've seen. Food costs more than it did a year ago. How are things looking for the holiday season in, you know, in terms of donations? And, and are the shelves full? Are you, are you concerned at all about the amount of donations uh, you've received so far in comparison to the amount of people you're expecting are going to need to use them. 
You know, it was interesting uh, just this last week, uh, one of our food bank workers who works in the back and helps stock the shelves, uh, we were asking that question, you know, how are we looking? Where are things at? And mm-hmm. she said, you know, every time uh, it starts looking lean and the shelves are emptier, somehow or other, they get filled back up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's pretty special to see that happen. And uh, even though, you know, the numbers have increased this year, like you said, in a six-month time span, over 200 new people, these are people that have never accessed a food bank. Additionally, to those who are already using the food bank, uh, were added into, um, you know, those that we were serving. On average, we're, you know, over 700 people a month coming through daily, 35 to 65 that are coming in. And yet we're always able to um, provide the food to meet their needs. And in huge part, that is uh, to the support we have from the local grocery stores, uh, where we're able to pick up food from them every single day. Uh, that helps keep a lot of uh, fresh um, products and that we're able to provide to give people you know, healthy options. Mm-hmm. And then all the different, different food drives from schools to businesses um, to the hockey team uh, that are, are helping us to fill our shelves. Um, it, it's amazing. Somehow or other, we, we keep being there. Uh, we always say, you know, when, when people are asking about how they can best contribute, food drives are amazing, but dollars go even further. And yeah, the cost of food has gone up, but because of the size of the organization we are, we have buying power. We're, we're able to buy pallets of food at really discounted prices, mm-hmm. and uh, that really stretches a lot further than if someone were go and spend that same $10 at, at No Frills. Um, the donation, we can make it uh, really contribute in a big way. Okay, so if you have cash to give, that's probably the best way to sort of help you guys out, eh? Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, the food bank in general, I, I think there's, you know, I think you talked with Jordan about this uh, yesterday in the community roundup. There's, there's a bit of a shame associated with, uh, I, I, I might need to use the food bank. I, you know, it means I failed in some way, perhaps, even if it's only once or whatever. I wanted to talk to you about that a bit because, of course, People listening now, we just said it's been very busy. You know, it's 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 good that things are, are looking good on the shelves. But if you need the food bank, if you need a little bit of help before the next paycheck, if maybe you need it a little long term, you're there to help and you can help community members. Hey? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we aim to give people a dignified experience. Uh, we don't do any means testing for the food bank, which means we don't ask your income. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't get into a lot of those personal details. We are there to meet you and help you. Our staff are incredible. Uh, we ha- I had someone that emailed me earlier this year and just said, hey, you know, I lost my job unexpectedly, found myself needing to come to the food bank. It was the first time I ever had to do that and was really like you said, ashamed, embarrassed to do that. They said the experience was totally different than what I expected. I was mm-hmm. welcomed, I was greeted, I was helped and served, and I was able to come away with the food I needed and able to hold my head high that I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be able to make it through this week. I'm going to be able to make it through this month despite the hardships that I faced. And, uh, you know, we're continuing to uh, innovate the way that we operate the food bank to make it a dignified experience. Just this week, uh, we shifted the the format to more of a grocery shop style of accessing the food bank so rather than just coming and uh, you being handed you know a selection of food you now get your own little shopping cart and we've got a little few aisles set up and you can go through and pick out the items that are going to best serve your needs that you know you you need to cook the meals that you want to serve your family uh, for that week and uh, everybody's allocated a certain number of points every month as a food bank client and uh, they can sort of budget and spend that as they feel they need, not as you know we think they might need, uh, and so 
what that does is it gives people autonomy you know it gives people that that sense of ownership in what they're doing Mm -hmm. and along the way our staff are there to meet with them and and build relationship and in that relationship we start to find out you know what has brought them to the food bank Uh, are there other resources we can point them towards because um, really the food bank is a part of our greater community and family service center and uh, so we we aim to you know give people supports that will connect them to work that will keep connect them to health services um, that if they're uh, they're needing to you know get volunteer hours well of course we love to get people in and volunteering all these different ways uh, that really show people that they matter and that we're there to support them okay um, to apply for it, I guess, maybe application is not the right word, but how do people who, who think they might need some help, uh, you know, in the holiday season or really any time of year for any really amount of time, what do they have to do? Who do they have to contact? How does that process work in getting from, I need help to kind of going shopping at the, uh, in the store shelves? Yeah, it, it is a basic application and can be accessed on our website, uh, which is safsj.org. Uh, or they can come in um, and meet with one of our uh, our food bank workers, um, or they can uh, call in and make an appointment. Uh, we have a couple days in the week where uh, the food bank is only open for appointments. So if mm-hmm. people, um, you know, it's their first time and they have no idea what to expect, they can book an appointment, come in on their own, meet one-on-one uh, with our supervisor, kind of get a tour of the facility, see what's going on, and, uh, you know, it helps give them that confidence of uh, what they're going to experience when they come okay and finally uh and 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 not at all least importantly but the kettle campaign uh started up i believe last week now it's been under kicked off on monday yeah monday there you go so it's only a couple days old at this point annual uh tradition with the the salvation army throughout uh, all the world i guess essentially uh tell us a bit about that how much are you hoping to raise uh this year if you have a dollar value kind of in in mind yeah, well, I mean, we've talked a lot, right, about the, the needs that are in the community and the services we're providing and the finances that we need to to support that work. Um, and so we've set a big goal for $110,000 to raise between now and, and uh, Christmas. Um, but we believe in Fort St. John. It's a generous community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're so pleased um, with all the different stores that have stepped up to allow us to have kettles there, including some of the, the drive through restaurants that have jumped on as well again this year. And uh, the amazing volunteers, that's a huge thing that we're putting out when we get volunteers connected. It makes it such a much more personal experience. And so we invite anybody in the community. It's a simple way to engage in work with us uh, to come and put in a couple hours of, of volunteering. Again, on our website, there's a, a simple link that you can sign up for a shift at whatever store you might want to go to, anywhere from two-hour shift or if you want to take you know, a whole Saturday at Canadian Tire. We'd love to see you there. Um, but yeah, donations, obviously, right to the kettles. And again, uh, this year, besides uh, cash and coins and checks, uh, people can uh, tap their debit or credit cards. We've got those uh, options on most of the, the kettle stands that you'll see around town because not everybody's carrying cash these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well, on our website, there's a donate uh, button where people can donate online as well. Okay. And the uh, shifts are available kind of, is it? when the places are open essentially up until a specific date in december or yeah so we're operating um pretty much monday to saturday right from now until december 24th mm-hmm. uh, most of the shifts uh, are from 8 a.m and and go all the way till uh, 8 p.m and uh yeah at um, all the grocery stores in town canadian yeah. tire walmart the mall 
Excellent. All right. Well, again, and uh, by the way, the website, again, if you want to sign up for a shift and just find out more information about the uh, Salvation Army in Fort St. John, where can people check that? Yes, safsj.org, or you can look us up on Facebook or Instagram, and we'd love to connect with you in any of those places. All right. Well, Jared, I know it's a very busy time for you, so we really appreciate you taking a few minutes uh, to chat with us about uh, all this stuff today. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Dove. I'm honored to be here. Absolutely. That's uh, Jared Braun, the Executive Director of the Fort St. John Salvation Army. Consider supporting local and independent journalism here in Fort St. John in the North Peace by donating to energeticcity.ca. Sustaining supporters will receive an exclusive energeticcity.ca travel mug, and all supporters who contribute up until December 1st will be entered for a chance to win a shopping spree getaway worth, or rather giveaway, pardon me, uh, worth $800. For more details and to donate, just visit energeticcity.ca. That's our show for today. Trey Lopashinsky and Jordan Prentice are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.